What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie The K-Mutiny Court Martial. Here's a quick synopsis. Lieutenant Barry Greenwald is asked to defend Navy officer Stephen Merrick, who is on trial and being accused of leading a mutiny against his commanding officer. The film stars Jason Clark, Jake Lacey, Kiefer Sutherland, Monica Raymond, Lance Reddick, Louis Pullman, and Jay Duplass. Standout performances. Unless you really like movies, you probably don't know the name Jason Clark, but he's quietly been one of the most consistent actors of his generation. I first became aware of him in supporting roles in Lawless with Tom Hardy, Zero Dark Thirty with Jessica Chastain, The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio, First Man with Ryan Gosling. My favorite of Clark's performances is in 2017's Chappaquiddick where he plays Senator Ted Kennedy. The film was vastly underseen. In 2023, Clark has given two terrific turns First in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, where he played Roger Robb, the man who interrogated Oppenheimer. And in this, the Kane Muni Court Martial, he plays Barry Greenwald, who agrees to take a case he doesn't morally feel great about. One comparison you can make about both of these performances is, in both films, Clark is playing a man who's trying to tarnish the reputation of established and respected figure. The final scene with Clark Clark in this movie is one of the very best scenes of the year. Clark will next star in a sequel to Taylor Sheridan's Wind River, Wind River, the next chapter. I loved Wind River. I thought Jeremy Renner was fantastic in that. I think that's Elizabeth Olsen's best movie to date. I don't know what to make of a sequel movie. I'm interested in it because it has Jason Clark. Also in the Kane Mutiny Court Martial is another underrated star, Jake Lacey, who is best known for his role on the television shows The Office, High Fidelity, Girls, and The White Lotus. Lacey has worked with a number of great filmmakers throughout his career. Todd Haynes on 2015's Carol, Aaron Sorkins on 2021's Being the Ricardos, and now he adds to the list the late, great William Freakton. Lacey was the perfect choice to play Merrick in this movie because you are not supposed to know how to feel about the character. Are you supposed to like him or not? And when you see Lacey, you immediately think he's playing a good person. Lacey will next star in the miniseries Apples Will Never Fall with the Ned Benning, Sam Neill, and Allison Brie. I was too young at the time to watch the television series 24 during the height of the show's popularity, so I've never been much of a Kiefer Sutherland fan. I liked him in the 90s when he was taking on cool character parts in good movies like A Few Good Men and A Time to Kill, so in a way, this movie felt like a return to form. In the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, Sutherland's playing Commander Keeg, who lost his command to Lacey's Merrick. And he's somebody who's trying to come off as very professional, very by the books, very in his own head, understands his own legacy as a person. He seems to be very self-aware and I think that's the thing that goes against him in this trial if you watch this movie. You'll see what I'm talking about. The final performance I want to highlight comes from the 
late Lance Reddick, who's best known for his work in the John Wick movies. I think an underrated part of a good court trial movie is who plays the judge. My favorites have great actors playing judges, and they include Danny Glover in Francis Ford Coppola's Rainmaker, John Lithgow in A Civil Action. What Reddick brought to this movie was a powerful presence. Let's now talk about the career of legendary director William Friedkin, who won the Oscar for Best Director for The French Connection, and in many's estimation made the greatest horror film of all time, The Exorcist. He's the man behind two of the greatest car chase sequences in film history in The French Connection and To Live and Die in L.A. I'm also a massive fan of his film Killer Joe, starring Matthew McConaughey. If I were going to compare the Kane Mutiny Corps Marshal to any of Freakton's previous films, it would be Freakton's adaptation of Twelve Angry Men, starring Jack Lemmon, Tony Danza, and the late great James Gandolfini. And both films are just people in rooms talking. What's impressive about them both is Freakton finds a way to make them entertaining and compelling by making you feel the stakes for the characters. This is an impressive last film for the late filmmaker. And not to get on too much of a side tangent, but I hear all of this talk about Quentin Tarantino, who is one of our great filmmakers, retiring after 10 films. I think that is pure and utter nonsense. There are so many great older filmmakers who are still making superb movies. Is this movie as good as The French Connection? No. But this movie that Freakton made is better than 90% of other movies being made. And he is better than 90% of the other directors out there. And you have Martin Scorsese, who he has a new movie out this week. I mean, think if Martin Scorsese only made 10 movies. Movies. Think about how many great movies we will lose. Steven Spielberg comes to mind. He's in his 70s and he's out here making movies like The Fablemans. He's at the very top of his game. So as much as I respect Tarantino, I just don't believe in this arbitrary number of 10 films. And I think William Friedkin is a great example of that. He was just a guy who kept going. Another guy who I think about is Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols just kept making movies for Throughout his life. I think that's what the all-time great filmmakers do. And I'm sad that Tarantino is going to quit after 10 movies. I think he should keep going because I think him, like Freakton, would continue to make really compelling, interesting movies. No, they wouldn't make all-time great classics till the end of time. That's impossible to do. I also believe that a director should not be chasing a perfect filmography. It's okay that you don't make a classic. They all aren't going to end up being classics. And I get that's what Tarantino's after. He wants all of his movies to be considered great. And they are, and that's great, but it's okay to make a movie that's just okay. Spielberg and Scorsese have made movies that aren't classics. They've been able to survive that. They've been able to keep going. The same with William Friedkin. He's made movies that aren't thought of as all-time classics. He's made underrated movies that we rediscover over the years and say, wow, this movie is way better than it was treated at the time. I just don't understand how you could watch this movie, Friedkin's last movie, and say to yourself, wow, this guy should have stopped making films. No, he should have done exactly what he did. 
kept making movies until the end of his life because he was great at it. This movie to me is about the fact that most court cases come down to pitting two men against each other. Rarely does it come down to the facts. In this case, it came down to likability. And the movie is asking the question of whether that's right or wrong. And even the person whose plan it is to attack someone's character, Clark's Greenwald, has serious doubts. I know this movie is a remake, but another film that this movie reminded me of was A Few Good Men. But the difference being that that movie is more clear-cut when it comes to the morals of that trial. In that movie, Tom Cruise is clearly the hero, and Jack Nicholson is clearly the villain. In this movie, you don't know what's what, and that's what's interesting. You don't know if Jake Lacey was the hero who saved his comrades from a terrible boss, or if Keither Sutherland is a misunderstood leader. It's hard to watch this movie and not reminisce about other great courtroom dramas. I mean, it's just such a great genre of movies because it's all about the dialogue, and dialogue, to me, is what makes movies great. I love movies with great dialogue more than I love movies with great action sequences. That's why A Few Good Men, to me, is an all-time movie. And this movie isn't as good as that, but again, it's so good, and the dialogue in this movie, The Kane Mutiny Corps Marshal, is stellar. The movie is really a character study of these three men, Clark's Greenwald, Lacey's Merrick, and Sutherland's Keeg. And you have to pick a side. I'm sure you could watch this movie and feel completely differently about all three men than another person. And that's what's interesting about the movie. You could have real arguments. You could debate on whose side you're on, who you actually like in this movie, who you actually feel bad for, who you are rooting for. Most movies and most courtroom dramas are clear-cut. You have a guy who's like the witty lawyer who you're rooting for to win the case. In this movie, you're not sure who you want to win the trial. And that's the most interesting thing about it. You're not sure who's the good guy, and you're not sure who's the bad guy. This is one of those movies where it's fun to envision who would have played these roles in like the 90s if this movie came out then. I could imagine Gene Hackman playing the Keek character. Jack Nicholson would have been perfect playing the Keek character. Tom Cruise could have played the Merrick character. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's fun to envision what other actors could have played these roles. I like movies like this, where the setup is simple, but the movie itself is complicated, because we all have these expectations of what these kind of movies are. Like, we all envision, like, a few good men formula, where one guy plays the hero, and the guy on trial is clearly the villain. That's not the case with this movie, but the audience doesn't know that until the very end of the movie. That's what keeps the suspense going. It's a simple setup. Again, we all know what we expect from these kind of movies, but when we don't get that, we're always going to end up being surprised, and this movie really delivers that with the film's final moments, where you, the audience, isn't exactly sure how you're supposed to feel about things anymore. I have heard criticisms of this movie, and one critique I've heard that's been louder than others is that this movie has the feeling of a made-for-TV movie. Now, I feel like people are only bringing this up because this movie came on Showtime. It was not placed in movie theaters. I believe this is a movie that would have been a successful movie in movie theaters, 
Raiders if the year was 2005 to 2010. I think this movie would be a slight hit. I think it would make money. But in the years we are living in 2023, no one is going to the movies to see this film because this movie doesn't have stars in it. Jason Clark is not a box office draw. Keith Sutherland, as big as he is on TV, isn't a box office draw, and neither is Jake Lacey. So that's one of the reasons why this movie has no box office draw, is because none of its stars do. But that's not a critique on the actual movie itself. Like, it's not good movies go to movie theaters and bad movies go to streaming services. That's not the case. And it's sometimes the opposite. A movie that goes to a movie theater is a big event movie. A movie that costs a lot of money to make that will get people's eyeballs on it. That doesn't mean the movie is necessarily good. And just because a movie is on a streaming service doesn't mean a movie is necessarily bad. And that's absolutely not the case for the Kane Muni Corps Marshall. It is a very good movie. I feel like people are just downplaying it because it's a movie where people are talking in rooms and people seem to have issues with those kind of movies. They want movies that are action-packed. They want movies that are epic. They want movies that are so-called events. No, that isn't this movie and that's fine. Not every movie needs to be that movie. This is a movie that's very well acted, very well written, and very well made. To call it a TV movie, I believe, is not correct. It's an interesting movie where you really have to pay attention to the characters and what's going on throughout the movie. It's a movie that demands your attention. I seriously believe we have to change how we talk about box office and how we talk about movies that are on streaming services. They can still be very good movies. I talked about one last week that I think is one of the best movies of 2023, Fair Play. That's a movie that's on Netflix and is better than 90% of the movies that are in movie theaters. And I feel the exact same way about the Kane Muni Court Martial. This is a movie that is better than 90% of the movies that are in movie theaters. Just because a movie makes it to movie theaters does not mean it is a better or more well-made film than a movie on a streaming service. We live in the year 2023. There are many streaming services. Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. These companies are buying and selling really good movies. That's nothing to be upset about. Yes, I want to see some of these movies in movie theaters, but let's not get upset about the good movies. Let's not call a movie made by William Freakton a made-for-TV film. That's a diss that I just don't agree with. And I do want to talk about the diss that this is just a movie with people talking in a room. No, this is a movie that feels like the people are in the same room with one another, which is not something you can say about most big-time studio movies. And you know what I'm talking about. Most of those movies feel like CGI madness, where you can tell that none of the actors were acting with one another. This is a movie where you could tell that Jason Clark was yelling at Kiefer Sutherland. You could tell what was going on. 
that those two were filming scenes with one another. This felt like an old-time classic. And another way it got me feeling nostalgic was for its poignant ending. That's how movies used to end with an ending like that that was shocking, that told you exactly what the movie was about. I mean, movie endings really do matter, and I think that's something that we've forgotten. We just talk about these superhero movies and the big studio movies. Does anybody remember the ending of these movies? No, but we know the ending of a movie like Chinatown. We know the ending of A Few Good Men. We know the ending of really good movies. And this movie, The K-Municorp Marshall, had a brilliant ending. And I do want to talk a bit more about Jason Clark because I feel like he's a guy who in the early 2000s would be a bigger star because these kind of movies that he's in and that he's starring in would have been a bigger deal. Like a movie like Chappaquiddick that nobody saw in 2017, I believe would have been a modest hit in the early 2000s. But because it's not the big time movie that's being popularized today, absolutely no one saw that movie. He's also really good in Winning Time, the show about the LA Lakers, where he plays Jerry West. He's really funny in that movie. I just feel like he's an actor who hasn't hit big, and I'm wondering if, if he'll ever be thought of as a major movie star. Now, he's getting to that point where it's probably never going to happen, but every single time I see him in a movie, I've been impressed, and there's very few people I can say that about. He's like Christopher Abbott to me, another male actor who should be a big-time movie star, but for some reason is and he's not super well known and I feel like it's because of the odd choices he makes but he chooses really good movies he just picks side parts in them I think Jason Clark could be a really good actor in like a comic book movie but he clearly has no intention to be in those kind of movies he'd rather take a side part in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer or a leading part in William Freakton's last movie The K-Muni Court Martial that he knows isn't going to get a lot of eyeballs on it. He's a guy who I think deserves an Oscar nomination sooner rather than later. I would have nominated him for Best Supporting Actor for Damien Chazelle's First Man. His scenes with Ryan Gosling in that film are incredible. He's one of the best parts of that movie. He's been one of the best parts of almost every single movie he's been in. How many actors can say that? It's time to start paying attention to Jason Clark. And if this is your introduction to Jason Clark, then I highly recommend you check out his work. You should start with Chappaquiddick, Oppenheimer, First Man. This guy has been so good mudbound. I haven't even talked about that movie. He's so good. The devil all the time. He is one of our great actors. It's just not enough people know who he is. Overall, The K-Muni Corps Marshall is a great last film for one of our great filmmakers. Is it up there with the French Connection? Is it up there with The Exorcist? Is it up there with To Live and Die in LA? Absolutely not, but it is still a really strong film that I believe a lot of people should go out and see. I also recommend Killer
Killer Joe. That's a movie that not enough people have seen. That was really a big part of the McConaissance. I mean, Matthew McConaughey is so good in that movie. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial is one of the best acted films of 2023. Like I've been saying, Jason Clark is great in it. Jake Lacey is giving it his all. Lance Reddick gives a great final performance. There's two reasons to watch this movie. The first reason is the performances. Jason Clark, Kiefer Sutherland, Lance Reddick, and Jake Lacey. And the second reason is it's made by William Freakton. When he makes a movie, you've got to watch that movie because he is an all-time great director. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out the Kane Muni Corps Marshall. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie The Burial, starring Oscar winners Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.